0: Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Alright, thank you. You may be seated. Hey, um, this morning I said, first up, one of the incredible things about Macquarie Church is the way you do gathering, the beautiful worship, the way you come together. Everything's got this, uh, this spectacular sense of excellence on it. And that excellence isn't really the goal in itself, it's, it's leading us towards having an atmosphere, having a space, a place where we can truly meet with God, amen, and hear from him. I came to hear from him tonight because I really need him to tell me what he wants me to say. I'm just mucking around a bit. Adventures with the Spirit of God. Adventures with the Spirit of God. When young people receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit, they just run at challenge in wonderful ways. Challenge becomes this, this thing that young people... You get to my age and lots of things are a challenge, like mowing the lawn and getting out of bed. But, but challenge, putting the challenge out there for God's people is a very powerful thing. Really, the baptism of the Holy Spirit rescued me from, a, from, from separating myself, pulling away, pulling back when God gave me the power of his Holy Spirit when I was 17 years old. And I thank God all the time for a friend of mine who saw how much I was struggling as a young man and uh, took me to a meeting in Melbourne, drove us down there, just him and me, and When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I had no idea that I'd been out the front so long because when I sort of finished all my new tongues and everything out the front, I turned around and there wasn't another soul in this building. There'd been over a thousand people there before that and now they've all gone home. And Only the bloke waiting to lock the doors and my mate who drove me there, they were the only ones who were left. (laughs) And I went out of that room ready Changed radically changed by the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. i love to share about him. This morning we were, t- we were speaking uh, quite some amount, some amount about desiring the fire of God because there is a move of God coming. This is the most fantastic period right now that, that I've ever stood in. I say that honestly. I've never stood in a time like we're in now because now I'm hearing the voice of the Spirit of God speaking of a new move of God's spirit. And and probably most of you from 50 and under would never have really understood what is a move of the spirit of God. What am I talking about? What is it? But throughout the last 200 years in particular, there have been mighty, mighty outpourings of God's spirit where spectacular things happen. Like in Wales, in, in Great Britain, where the miners who were working underground were falling down... Before God under a conviction of their sins. Where the, the, the trains coming in from all over England to, to sense what's God doing here in Wales. would, As soon as they would come into Wales from Great Britain, even the, the challenge of the Holy Spirit would come upon that train as people were travelling there to learn about God. Recently in Vanuatu we were having crusades and we'd go out early we'd have a few days before the crusades and see some miracles happen. Because we, you know we'd put it on television and we're talking crusades a thing it's an old expression but they like that in Vanuatu but suddenly we were having these outreaches with 16 to 18,000 people a night coming out for the gospel. And it came out of nowhere it was just God all over it. And we'd spent money on Radio, television, newspapers, billboards and all the rest. But the first day that our team arrived there, they went into the hospital and prayed for people. And one of the chiefs of Meli Village, which is just on the edge of Port Vila, had had a massive stroke and he'd been actually, like, paralysed with this stroke. And after our team prayed for him, an hour and a half later, he walked out of that hospital. And the story of that miracle went like wildfire. I wasted thousands of dollars on newspapers and television and radio. The story of that man's miracle. We had people walking, most of them walk to meetings, they'll walk a few kilometres, a family will walk together. And we were getting testimony after testimony of people being healed as they were walking there. I'm not making that up. Adventures with God are powerful things. I remember I was a very young pastor and Helen and I... We were invited to go out and fly out and preach out in uh, Cooper Petey. Small bunch of people. One of the people there who was a Christian had an underground house, as most of the houses are at Cooper Pedy. and They just lit- literally burrow into the side of the hills and they live inside. You, you, anyone been to Cooper Pedy? I love the trees and the forests and the lakes and the rivers <laughs> and the beautiful lush grass over at Cooper Pedy. <laughs> I heard about a three-year-old girl who left town for the first time in her life and they're driving to Adelaide and she got scared about these big things in the paddocks of trees. I'm not joking. She'd never seen a tree. Poor little thing. Anyway, went out there to do this thing. It wasn't a lot of people. Went into this house. It was just a large, really big lounge room cut out of the rock and maybe a few dozen people all crammed in there. And, uh, and a bunch of about ten uh, totally deaf people were there with an interpreter. And it was just fantastic as they worshipped, got their hands going in worship. And, and they were worshipping all the words with their hands and all of this. At the end of it, asked the people for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And something really unexpected happened. Suddenly, the, the Holy Spirit fell on these ten deaf people. And I've never heard such angelic languages in all of my life. They just went for it in tongues which were absolutely magnificent language and it was just melt your heart what the Holy Spirit was doing with these people and it reminded me that Jesus made a promise in the word of God it says it will come to pass that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh upon everybody, men and women, boys and girls young and old, upon all I will pour out my spirit says the Lord anyone in this room tonight is a candidate for the fullness of God's spirit. I know that. And I know there's a move of God's spirit coming. But what? There's so many things that seem to block the way for us. Get in the way. And, and I just want to speak into that. This morning, we, I'm just going to backtrack to the last section that I preached from this morning. So I can launch into the next bit, okay? And we talked all about, first of all, about how God says, I'm doing a new thing. Forget the old thing. I'm doing a new thing. Surely it will spring forth. And remember we said that word for spring forth was sprout. It's going to sprout. I like that word, sprout. just uh, feels good in the sprout. You spit when you say it, and it's fantastic. Sprout. And he said before, it's going to sprout. It's going to happen. It's coming. And there's this sound of it all over this region right at the moment. i got friends who are having... Dreams, identical dreams in different towns. I've got friends who are dreaming about a move of God's Holy Spirit. Some, some of them in the same night dreamt about being in a massive shopping centre here in the Lower Hunter. And the, 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 the sound of the music in the shopping centre suddenly changed and a worship song came over the place. And in the dream, the lady and her husband stood up and just lifted their hands to worship. And she said she can still see their faces as clear as crystal. People from all walks of life, all ages just came around them, hungry to experience what is this new thing. Same time, someone else in another place is dreaming a dream. And God's saying, I'm going to change the song over this city. Something's coming. God is sending something and it's sovereign. See, when God speaks, it always initiates It always starts something, sows something, builds something, makes something. Like when he spoke, let there be light. And that, then it was. It says, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Because when God speaks a thing, it carries with it the power to create it. The young man has just got engaged. What's your name? Just come here for a second. Ethan, was it? Ooh, man is God on your life or what let me tell you now I, I just want to promise you something Ethan N- don't forget this I see nations for you just come here a bit closer put your hands up you and your wife oh, uh, You what, fiance I just jumped the gun a little bit <laughs> the, the good news is it's going to happen then Uh, just get behind me for, for a moment. Ethan, I want you to receive this. I impart to you, I put my hands on your head, and I impart to you a gifting that's going to take you out to nations, a fearlessness with the gospel, a fruitfulness with the gospel. Because the Holy Spirit of God rests upon you. In the name of Jesus. Does that witness to you? It does. Yeah. Okay. Uh And you'll go too. <laughs> what's, it, what's, it, what's your name? That didn't sound. That didn't come out well. I, I'm not very politically correct, and I, I'll say you twice as much. Just, just proud of you. Happy for you. This is a beautiful thing, you two. It's a beautiful thing. It's a very, very powerful thing. I see nations in your life, and I'm not just talking about going for two weeks. I'm talking about a call that's coming from heaven in your life. God bless you. Where was I? Gee, that's strong on you. That is really strong on you, Sprout. Something just sprouted. Hallelujah! No, I'm mucking around remember it. I really mean, I really mean that, Ethan. Just watch him, watch him, leaders. Something's on his life. You're going to dream like crazy. And there's dreams coming and there's things coming, speaking into people's lives that are really, totally awesome, what God's about to do. I can't remember where I got to in what I was saying because, Ethan, <laughs> you took it away, You just took my line of thought. Anyway, let's go back. And God was talking about how he speaks things and the moment he speaks them, they're initiated. Are we listening for him? Jesus said, when the spirit of truth is come... He will lead you into all truth. And he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will show you things to come. We walk with the Spirit who speaks, communicates, brings into our life the living dynamic of God saying something. And he wants us to respond to it. And this morning we um, started on that stuff and we talked about preparing ourselves. We also talked about one very important thing which sounds a little bit critical but it's actually tremendous truth from Charles Finney from the early 1800s, one of the world's great revival preachers. He said, if the mighty presence of the Spirit of God is in the church, the church will draw the world in. If the mighty presence of the Spirit of God is not in the church, the world will draw the people out. And we're seeing too many people, too many Young people, young people who've gone through Christian school or come to church with their parents, they get a job and they go to university and stuff and they just disconnect. They just pull back. And what is it that's drawing them out? I think that they've never had an encounter with the Spirit of God. It's been mum and dad's faith, but not theirs. It's been mum and dad's belief, but not necessarily theirs, because they've never seen it, they've never experienced it. And I believe one of the key reasons God is about to do miraculous things around our valley, particularly in this lower Hunter region. One of the reasons is he is over it with losing all these young kids because they haven't experienced the power of his Holy Spirit, who is freely available, freely available. And I just say to all of us who are, who are old enough to have kids or grandkids. Start to model the the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit yourself in your life, in your home, in the way you speak, in in your faith, in your belief. How powerful it would be if you can say over your kids, mum and I were praying for you last night and we're believing for God's power in your life. It's time to to change it from the the top down a bit, you know. Start to move the things of the Spirit into our expectation. But we, we got to talking about something. And I just find it. Okay, today, don't worry, I'm going to get on to where I'm going, but I want to just backtrack to the thing I finished on this morning in the two services. So why am I talking about God saying a new thing? Where am I going? Today, 29th of May, we're in an ancient 50-day season. And this season's been going on for about, uh, I know the number of years, it's, four, it's, it's like 1,654 years, and we're in it today. And it's a 50-day season from Passover to Pentecost. And it reminds us of what happened in that time frame in the Bible. In that timetable from... Why I'm saying it is, we've had Easter, right? And Easter is, is immediately the weekend after Passover. Because Jesus had the Passover, had that last supper. And you know, all these things happened. He came riding on a donkey, the king on a donkey, the triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And they put down palm leaves and they were crying out, Hosanna to the son of David. And he found that room and he met with his disciples, had the last supper with them and said, earnestly, I've desired to come to Jerusalem and have this Passover with you. He shared the cup and the blood, said, "This is the blood of my new covenant." This bread is my body, broken for you. I weren't really sure what was going on, except that he then looked him in the eyes and said, "Behold, I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as the Father bestowed a kingdom on me." After that, there was his. Immediately that same night, he was in the garden. He was praying. And they came and arrested him. They took him before the high priest. Then they took him before Pilate. They tried him, they tested him, they, they, they trumped up charges against him and that next day they crucified him. Three days later he rose from the grave. And for the next 40 days he showed himself to hundreds and hundreds of people as we'll find in the Bible. Now why am I talking about, about this? Here we are. We're in a 50-day time period that's been observed all through uh, Jewish history. All from the time that Israel came out of bondage of slavery in Egypt up till now, we're in that little time slot. And there was a very deep significance for the things that happened in that period of time which we're in today. We're one week away, next Sunday, is Pentecost Sunday, which was the promise of when the Holy Spirit would come. And in the Jewish system, the Passover at the beginning was the time where they celebrated that they'd been brought out of bondage and out of Egypt and into the Promised Land. The last day, Pentecost, is all about the springing forth of harvest, harvest time. I reckon we're in that zone anyway. We're in between all the promises, and the things that God's going to do. And we're close to it. Now, I'll forget those bits. I'm going to talk about where we are in these days. There were two great time frames, two great 40-day time frames in the ministry of Jesus. And the first one was at the birth of Of his ministry on earth. The movement that he started. We know that Jesus was baptised and John the Baptist said, There's one coming after me who's going to baptise you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He's greater than me, I'm not even worthy to carry his shoes. But he's going to baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then Jesus was baptised by John. And immediately that he was baptised... The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tested and tempted by the devil for 40 days. Wow. Immediately after. Sounds like a funny start to a world-changing movement that Jesus started. Sounds like a funny way to start, to go into the desert, to eat nothing, drink nothing, and, and be at war with the devil over temptation. But that's exactly what happened for 40 days. 40 days of agony and the Bible says in Matthew 4 verse 1, immediately the spirit of God took him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil and there he suffered agony, hunger, attack, accusing, accusation, temptation until finally he found the overcoming power over the devil, Satan's attack on his identity, who he was. Did he have the strength to resist the temptations of Satan, even though they were so enticing? Bow down and worship me and I'll give you the nations. They're already Jesus' nations anyway, actually, by the way, but, but there was this great enticing, this thing to get him to, to commit sin against God. The birth of the Christian movement We don't find Jesus in the temple at Jerusalem impressing the crowds with his learning and his piety. We don't find him at the head of crowds of supporters who are impressed by his power to heal the sick and cast the devils out. He's not wooing the kings and governors. At the birth of the Christian movement, Jesus is alone in a wilderness place. This is what my friend Steve Addison wrote. Hungry, thirsty and weary from a battle with Satan. Jesus, the obedient son, was waiting alone in the presence of his father. Humble, dependent, broken, needy. Every support had been taken away. Every consolation had gone. It was only the cost of obedience, abandonment, and the horrifying prospect of the cross to come that was before him. It was the place of desolation that Jesus' true identity and call were tested. Now listen to this. He chose a path of obedience and triumphed over the tempter and he made the way for all of us who would follow. I'm going through these things very carefully and here is the foundation stone that he laid for the Christian movement. The foundation stone that Jesus laid in that wilderness and that is the heart of Jesus surrendered to the will of the Father Jesus was satisfied in his father's love and purpose. All else was forsaken. And when he was at the very weakest at the end of 40 days, enduring this temptation, angels came and ministered to him. Why am I going through all this? He was making a way. He was winning a victory. He gained the victory over the power of Satan. Our saviour suffered this at the beginning. 40 days, 40 nights. In this horrendous time. But then we saw that he went out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Immediately after the 40 days, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him. And he went out and all the miracles started to break forth. And he stood up in the temple and said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me to set at liberty those who are bound, to to set the captives free gave this tremendous prophetic thing over his life in the power of the Spirit. That's where it started. And at the end of his time on earth, after his death and resurrection, he immediately moved into a second 40-day period. And what was that? What's that about? What's the second 40-day period of victory that Jesus came into? Well, it all happened... After he rose from the grave. When the resurrected almighty saviour who conquered death and hell rose from the grave. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1 verse 2. By many infallible truths. It tells us. Hang on, where am I? Oh, I've got it all mixed up in here. Because I'm ad-libbing a bit. I'll read it. I'll read it. You need to grab this because it's talking about us. Acts chapter two, verse one, In the day of, no, that's, that's two, chapter one. The former account I made, O Theophilus, for all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up into heaven, after through the Holy Spirit, had given commands to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself now alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by many of them during 40 days, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Actually, he was seen by lots of people. Paul writes in Corinthians, He died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried and rose again the third day according to the scripture. He was seen by Peter. He was seen by all the disciples. After that, he was seen by more than 500 brethren at the same time. Then he was seen by James and all the apostles. Lastly, he was seen by me. So Jesus saw to it that he went and made himself known and taught and spoke into the lives of these people. Now, why was this happening? I'll tell you why. When he went to his cross... Every single one of them failed. They all failed. I think the musos are going for another cup of coffee. (laughs) I did this this morning, I got halfway in, and it happened again. Too many stories. I'll I'll finish this story, because this is where we have to go. Oh, look, I love this, I love this so much. What had happened to these people, Jesus had walked with him, and had seen his miracles, he'd loved them, they'd just gone from place to place astounded to see dead people rise, to see Lazarus come out of a grave after four days, to see people healed. In some places, every single person in the town was healed and these people saw all of it. But when it came to the cross, they forsook him and fled. I don't know where their faith was at. But I know that Peter denied him three times. He had said to Jesus, Lord, I will go with you. I'll die with you. I'll be imprisoned with you. I'll never give up on you. And Jesus said, today, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And he did. He even swore. And said, I never knew this man. Not only Peter, the Bible says, they all forsook him and fled. What about the rest of these people what did they really believe he'd said I will rise again on the third day and what would they do and they went down to the tomb to embalm his dead body and he wasn't there he'd risen from the dead what were they expi- I don't know where their expectation and their faith was but they were just a mess they were scattered they were ashamed because he's ridden he had risen and they didn't even believe it, and these are the ones that he'd promised. You're going to be filled with power and fire when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Can you imagine Jesus choosing people who were such failures? And Simon wouldn't even believe. I'm sorry, um, wasn't Simon? No, it wasn't Peter. Thomas, doubting Thomas. We always talk about doubting Thomas. Didn't even believe it was Jesus who had risen. He said, "Unless I see." The spear mark in your side and the wounds in your hands, I'll not believe. Jesus showed him and he fell down the feet of Jesus, my Lord and my God. And There was doubt and there was fear and there was failure over all of them. And they were scattered and they were broken and they realised how weak they were. They couldn't even stand in the middle of temptation. But there was a victory that Jesus had already won for them. At the beginning of the story, in the first 40 days, when he won the victory over the devil for them. And so he rose from the grave and where are his people? He found them here and there. He found them on the road to Emmaus. He found them here all over the place. He gathered them, he met with them, even up to 500 at a time for 40 days. We don't know exactly what he taught, but we know that he was teaching them the things of the kingdom. And we know that it worked. Because he turned that bunch of people into this people when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Now he's raised up and gone to heaven just a few days before. He says, wait here in Jerusalem because you're going to be endued with power from on high. You'll be baptised with the Spirit and fire. Umbrellas, anybody? You'll be baptised with the Spirit and fire. And where where are those people now who were so broken and useless and doubtful? Crumbled under the temptation to deny Christ. Crumbled. At the profession of his faith, I will rise on the third day. After his forty days, where where were they? Day of Pentecost had fully come, and they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house. There appeared on them tongues of fire, sat on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. He turned that pack of people so filled and so broken, so ashamed he lifted up these people to become this magnificent, this magnificent sound. One accord, like a symphony. Here the word for accord is the same word used often for symphony. And these people had now come into symphony with one another and with the Lord. He changed them. He found victory for them. And when he promises you and me that we will be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, you're never going to deserve it. You're never going to be good enough for it. You receive it because he's won a victory for you. You might have been a person who struggled with doubt. You know what you actually need is not to be forsaken by Jesus, but for him to embrace you and say, I'm bringing you in. You're mine. I've got promise all over your life. I've written it over your life. I've spoken it. That power is there for you. In the Bible, when it talks about the Holy Spirit fell upon them, it uses a very beautiful expression. Through the book of Acts, it says the Holy Spirit fell upon them and they were baptised in the Holy Spirit from place to place. Even this this Gentile family of Romans, of, of Italians, And preached and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. This is a beautiful expression. It's only used in one other place in the Bible, other than in that book of Acts, talking about the Holy Spirit falling. And that's where the prodigal son. A man had two sons, and one of them got it in his head, he's gonna get all of his possession and go, and he wasted the whole lot of it. All of his inheritance. And he's there in a pigsty feeding pigs and eating their food and he came to his senses and he said I'll go back to my father's house and see if he'll take me on as a servant and the Bible said while he was a long way off his father saw him and ran to him and fell upon him fell upon him there it is again epipipto, the loving embrace of a father When the Spirit of God falls on your life, you know what it is? It's just this massive hug from heaven. It's just your Father in heaven who says, I know where you've been, I know where your failures are, but the answer is not for you to feel rejected and for me to reject you. It's for me to place something on your life that gives you power. The power that Jesus won for us. The stuff that He modelled when He overcame in that wilderness for 40 years days and 40 nights and so he filled them when these deaf people were speaking in tongues in the underground house in South Australia I was just so shocked words that they couldn't hear themselves but words which were just like a melody of heaven No, they couldn't hear a thing of it for themselves. But I heard it as the most magnificent outpouring that I'd seen until that time. We're seeing green sprouts, green shoots coming up in Turkey. Planted a church in Turkey. Why did we plant a church in Turkey? Because God gave me a dream. When we say he speaks and shows you things, it can be in a dream. It can be from the Bible. It can be like a word that just comes to you from God. It can be something that comes in any way. Visions, dreams, words from the Scripture, words in here from the Holy Spirit. I dreamed a city. The next day, I'd never been to Turkey in my life. We came in and and in my dream, I was like a drone coming into this magnificent main street of a large city. The next day, I walked... I came into it in reality, same town. We have churches there now. We have several churches now planted. We're talking with them just a few nights ago and they used this exact same expression. We've never seen a time like this in Turkey. We have green shoots coming up everywhere, new groups forming in Islamic Turkey, Muslims, coming to Christ, getting baptised, getting baptised in the Holy Spirit. In the Philippines at the moment is a move of God's spirit that I've never seen in my life happening now. Went there about seven years ago, started a church that God again gave me a dream for. We have 47 churches there now. We're having a church every new church every one or two weeks at the moment. What made the difference? We went there, we started several churches and it was going well but I knew something was missing and I said to Mila, the pastor who oversees all our work, I said, I went there, arrived on one of my more recent trips and said, how many people among all of our churches now have been baptised in the Holy Spirit? She said, only me, pastor. Right at that time, a Baptist pastor came into the building asking if I could go to his church and pray for all of his people, his children's ministry leaders, his board, his music team, For them, 40 people for a baptism in the Holy Spirit. I went there and after 15 minutes, it broke out. It sounded like a jumbo jet. Didn't sound like 40 people, it sounded like 400 people. As they all began to speak with new tongues, the power of the Holy Ghost came upon them. I'll never forget the keyboard player that was doing just what this guy's doing here, except he'd gone down on the floor and he's got his hand up here and he's speaking away in tongues and he's playing the keyboard at the same time. Next day we were invited down the south of that island to a Presbyterian church, not noted for the things of the Holy Spirit. Well, there was was almost 200 people in that meeting and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and it sounded like 20,000 people. All the houses around that building, people came to the windows, the people came out on the verandas. What is going on? this sound of this mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit. There was a big line of young people down the right-hand wall with their backs to the wall and they were all crying. And I said to Mila, why are they crying? And she said, they haven't received the baptism of the Spirit and without even thinking. I just said, young people, you're going to sing in new tongues before you even speak with new tongues. And suddenly a song began down that wall. Every one of them began to sing in tongues. And that just led, that just took everything to another level. And from that time, as we've laid hands on all of those, laid hands on them and committed them to the ministry of Christ and imparted to them through our hands, which is what I meant to get to tonight. They do the, they always used to wait for me to come and bring a team, see the miracles. See the people getting saved. Last trip I had a meeting, 600 in one meeting came to Christ. And it was fantastic. And it was a lady who'd been uh, in a wheelchair for eight years. Everyone knew her. She'd been a principal of the largest school in the town. Everyone knew her. 1,300 people there. They brought her out. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. know. I'm just encouraging because I've just got to lay my hands on some of these guys. Five minutes. Thank you, Ross. Very gracious. like these stories don't you I hope you do because I'm doing them anyway God said don't pray for her get the young people around her to pray for her i got about 10 of the young people coming around this wheelchair I stepped back about as far as I am from Ivan and I started to pray and I knew immediately she was healed I said whoa whoa sister stand up she stood up he said, walk over to me. She walked over, beaming like a light globe. She go for a run around the building. She ran and the place erupted. And I looked around for these ten young people they were on their faces on the floor. Because God had used them for a miracle, even through their hands. From that time, they haven't needed me there. Couldn't go there anyway. In God's wisdom, He got us there to lay hands on Him, get Him baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now they do it. Young people, I'm putting out something to you. Something's coming mighty in God, and you're invited. You don't have to feel good enough. You just have to make yourself available and let God do a work in your life. Now stand up. Scott. You know you're pretty amazing cuz you've sat through a long thing. This is this is like fire. I'm going to get Roz to come and close in now and uh, Pray for every person who wants to come after we've closed. You want the outbreak of God's spirit on your life. Because let me tell you, you need that. You need him. And after we've closed the service, if you sense something just burning in your belly, that you need this power of the Holy Spirit, I want to pray for you and release this into your life. God bless you all.